Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Good morning, good evening, good day. Hello, English learners. I wanted to start it a little bit of a different way today. But hello, how are you all doing? Welcome to the Level Up English podcast. My name's Michael, and today we're going to be talking about another important topic, continuing from last week. So thank you for joining me. I hope we're going to learn a lot today and have a good chat as well, even if it is a bit one-sided. But maybe you guys can respond by email. But yeah, I'm got I've got an audio question to respond to today, and yeah, first of all. You guys know that I don't generally take sponsors on this podcast because I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of adverts and advertisements. I don't really like that kind of stuff so much, but I do kind of shout out what I'm doing. That's kind of my way to advertise what I'm doing and hopefully give you something useful to look at as well. And it gives you a way to support me if, if you like what I'm doing here. And one way you could do that is to sign up to the transcripts. So this is something that a lot of people have been making the most of recently. And if you want to look at the transcripts for every episode of the podcast, you can go to levelupenglish.school slash transcripts. If you go there and sign up for the course, you can see all of the past, present and future transcripts too. So if that is helpful for you, let me know and I would love to get your feedback on that as well. But okay, let's get into a question today from Hagar from Egypt. Hi, Michael. Uh, how are you? I hope you are feeling good. Uh, this is Hagar from Egypt. I have been listening to your podcast for uh, one month almost. Uh, one of the YouTubers by uh, chance uh, recommended uh, these podcasts or this website to intermediate uh, level students and I think it was the best thing happened to me recently because I enjoy uh, listening to your uh, podcasts. I feel comfortable and I understand uh, 90 or 95 percent of what you are saying. Um, my issue in English uh, right now is speaking so just I want to ask you an important question for me and I think it will be uh, an important for a lot of students. Um, how can I improve English speaking? Uh, I tried my best to speak with different people, but still I am having the same issue. I feel shy. I feel uncomfortable when I speak in front of the people. Um, I tried many times, but I felt I feel still shy and I forget what I memorized when I speak in front of the people. However, I can speak very well with myself. Thank you. Okay, so thank you very much for that question. I really appreciate it. I'm really glad you found my podcast by chance. And it's also really good that you can understand, you know, 90 to 95% of what I'm saying. That's fantastic. So yeah, basically, Hagar was saying that she... You know, she seems to have good good listening, but her issue is speaking. So how can she improve her English, um, especially overcoming shyness and the feeling of discomfort 
when speaking in front of other people. Another issue she mentioned was forgetting everything she memorised when speaking with other people. So that's a really good question. And you know, I did kind of talk about this a little bit last week. It's a similar question, so last week's episode might help as well. So this is going to kind of continue on from last week as well. It's also going to continue from episode 8. So a long time ago, over 100 episodes ago, I made an episode about overcoming shyness. So if you want to hear more on this topic, you can check out episode 8. And I don't remember everything I said back then, so I might re- repeat myself a bit, but you know, also my views might have changed since then as well. So I might be saying some new stuff too. But yeah, firstly, in terms of feeling comfortable speaking, I think it's really, really important to find someone who you feel comfortable with, right? Personally, I've said it before, I prefer getting an online teacher because I know they are here to help me. I don't have to feel guilty for wasting their time or anything else because that's what I'm paying them to do. You know, if I have a language partner, then I might feel like I'm wasting their time or I'm kind of annoying them. Or if I'm sick and I cannot attend one of our chats, I feel guilty. Um, but I mean, if I'm sick and I can't attend my lesson, I'm happy to pay my teacher for for their time anyway, because I know I did book the lesson. So it kind of takes that feeling of guilt away and, you know, you know they're here to help you. And even so, even if you can get a teacher like that, you still often have to go through many different teachers until you find a good one, or at least until you find one who is suitable for you. At the moment, I have a Japanese tutor who I get on really well with and I feel comfortable making mistakes with. You know, we often chat about the weather and our news of the week and it feels a little bit like a friendship, you know, rather than a teacher and student kind of relationship. It just feels like I'm chatting very casually. Um, You know, we laugh about things. If I make a mistake, it doesn't really matter. So it makes me, you know, it's easier for me to relax and therefore talk more naturally as well. So I think this applies whether you want a teacher or just to practice with a friend. Try to find someone with whom you have a good connection. Just because someone might be a really professional teacher, they might have 20 years of experience, they might be really expensive for their lessons and have all these good qualifications, they may not be the best teacher for you. You know, you have to find someone who you are comfortable with and even you can put teaching experience aside, even if they don't have experience, if you feel comfortable with them and you enjoy practicing with them, I think that's really the most important thing. So that's tip number one. Find someone who you feel comfortable with, to start with at least anyway. And then once you can build your confidence, hopefully you can then move to other people, whether that's at work or university or wherever else you might chat you know, English with strangers. Also, you mentioned, uh, Hagar, you mentioned forgetting words, which happens to me all the time when you've learned so many words and you forget them when you're speaking. You also use the word memorize. So one thing I would warn people to be aware of is memorizing words, basically. So I did this a lot at the beginning of my language learning journey. And I think it 
seems like you're learning a lot because you can memorize all these words, but you don't really know how to use them. And there's no context to remember them in, right? So it's much, much easier to remember something in the context of a phrase or a sentence. I can give you one example off the top of my head, you know, without prior planning or thinking. I learned Cantonese for about one year and I don't remember much anymore because I haven't learned for over five years. So I've, forgot, I've forgotten most of what I knew. However, I do remember one phrase which translates to call the police, right? I never had to use it, thankfully. I never had to say that in a real life situation. But I think the reason I remember it is because when I learned that phrase, it was in the context of a story. Someone was shouting, call the police because there was a robbery. It was a fictional story, but there was so much emotion in her voice that it always stuck in my head. You know, the emotion with which she shouted it, like, bogging, bogging, something like that, right? Call the police. And I, I always remember that, so it's quite funny. And I forgot almost everything else. So I think it was the context in which I learned it and the fact that there was kind of some emotion connected to it as well. If you think about the opposite of that, if you're just learning from like a dictionary or a word list, there's no context, there's no emotion, there's no memory to link that phrase to in your mind. So it's going to be very hard to remember. You know, even in your native language, the chances are, and you say if you're married, you probably remember the first time you said I love you to your partner. You know, maybe there's a lot of emotion connected there. So you might remember that. But you may not remember the first time you said, you know, I need to go to the toilet you know, in university, right? You may not remember that because there's no much, there's no emotion. It's just a simple phrase. So when it's linked to context, when it's linked to some emotion, like could be love or embarrassment or fear or even comedy, something funny, then I think it becomes easier to remember too. So that's my first tip is basically try to avoid memorizing and learn from a context in reading and listening and, and that kind of stuff. Well, actually, I suppose that's my second tip, isn't it? So we had find someone you're comfortable with and then learn through context. That's one thing. But the other thing when, you know, you're forgetting words is when finding or when talking to someone online, I love using a cheat sheet. This is a sheet of paper that you use to cheat, basically. And it's not really cheating, but what this is, what I mean by this is it's like a document. Usually, I mean, I have it on my computer in a Google document where I write down a couple words. So I've got, I guess, a couple subheadings. One of them is words I have learned this week. The other one is grammar structures I have learned this week. And every week I will delete the old ones and add in some new ones. So it's always replacing, it's always updating. So... Yeah, in my experience, the best way to get new words and phrases to stick, which means to stay in your mind, is to commit to using them first by reading them from paper. So you have to kind of make a conscious effort at the beginning. So I might write down a few example sentences on this page and try to use them in my next conversation. So if I want to say, I want to practice the phrase go by, I might write down go by bus, go by car go by plane. You know, I write this down in my notes, if I'm learning English, let's say. And then in my next language lesson, I will say, you know, I tell a story about my week and I will say, 
So yesterday I went by bus to work and on the way home I went by bicycle to the park. And just the fact that I practiced them, I said them out loud, it's going to be much easier to remember uh, from then on, hopefully without having to read it from paper. This can also be done in real life as well. So here's another story time with old man Michael, I suppose. I love to talk about my time in Japan, maybe because it's a pandemic now and you know it's harder to travel. So kind of I have a lot of nostalgia about this time. But I remember when I was on the train in Japan, when I would be going, say, to the centre or going on a trip somewhere, I would use the notes app on my phone and I would write down 10 different sentences using the same words in various different ways, just to practice. One of these words was a word that you might actually have heard of before. This is the word ikigai, ikigai. And it's a really kind of fashionable word and it's kind of become a popular word throughout the internet. And it kind of means something like, you know, your reason to get up in the morning, your reason to live, something like that. It doesn't really have a word that translates well in English. So I I thought it was a really kind of nice sounding word. It has a nice meaning. So I wanted to practice this. So I was writing many sentences with the word ikigai on my notes. And when I went out to dinner that evening with a friend, I remembered the notes that I was writing and I asked some of the questions that I had wrote down previously, that I I had written down previously. And simply by forcing myself to use it in that way, it kind of pushed it deeper into my memory. And even to this day, what, three years later, I've always remembered that word and how to use it. So... That's my next tip is, you know, try to force yourself to use them at the beginning. You might have to write in notes and practice. Hopefully that will lead to it becoming natural later on. Okay. A couple more tips I could give. I mean, first of all, of course, it's always good to stay calm. You know, don't forget to take deep breaths like I am. uh, I'm forgetting to do right now because I'm getting excited. I'm talking too much. So take a deep breath and be kind to yourself. That's always important, isn't it? Don't beat yourself up. That means don't be too harsh on yourself. Don't have that inner monologue where you're saying, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to do this. Trust yourself or trust me at least that you're doing great and you've already learned so much. Another thing too is to challenge yourself to make mistakes. You know, maybe even count them. Try to see how many mistakes you can make and see it as a good thing. So one reason why you might be shy or uncomfortable speaking English is because you kind of feel bad because you have this association with mistakes and bad things, right? But I think it's important as a language learner to try to change the way you look at mistakes. So try to see them as a good thing, in fact, and see how many you can make. And whenever you make a mistake, you can even like write it down like, yes, I made one mistake and see if you make it again. There's a good chance that if you make one mistake, you may not make it again because you've learned from your mistake, hopefully. Okay, I want to move on to one final topic now because as I said last episode, last week, I spoke about improving your confidence with speaking a little bit. So I'm going to move on to the topic of shyness now. So 
Hagar mentioned a little bit in her question about feeling shy when she speaks in front of others. And I think there's a difference between feeling shy and feeling shy speaking. You know, it could be you're just shy in general and that's affecting your speaking. But maybe I could talk about that just in case that you do feel shy in other parts of your life and you know you want some advice on that because I feel like I've got I don't know so hopefully something helpful to share because I've been through this. So I've mentioned many times before that I used to be incredibly shy. And just to give you an example, I was too scared to talk to any of my teachers. I was too scared to call someone on the phone, too scared to ride a bus. Even at the age of 21, even as an adult, right, I couldn't do any of this stuff on my own. I was just too shy. I was really, really anxious. And it held me back for many years in my younger life. I couldn't do a lot of the things I wanted to do. I couldn't make many friends because I was too shy. And my biggest accomplishment has always been getting out of that shyness trap, getting out of that bottomless pit of feeling shy. And I would like to say how incredible it feels to overcome shyness, to get over that hurdle, that problem. And that is if you see it as a handicap. You know, maybe there are some people out there listening who feel like they are shy, they identify with being shy, but they don't see it as a problem. And of course, in that case, it's probably fine, right? But if you feel like it's holding you back, make it your main goal to overcome it. And I I think your life can get exponentially better, which means more and more and more better, like keeps getting better, right? So I wouldn't do anything too crazy because that might have scared me back to where I started. So basically you take baby steps, right? For me, as an 18-year-old, it started with talking to people after having some drinks. I'd go out with my friends, I would have some drinks, and it wasn't so hard because, you know, I was already a little bit tipsy. I had a couple beers or something. So, you know, alcohol is often called like a social lubricant, which means it makes conversation more smooth, right? Happen more easily. Now, I'm not recommending that people use alcohol to solve their problems because, you know, it's not generally a good idea. But I'm just telling you about my journey. And once I realized I could talk to people after having a couple drinks, I came to the realization that I could also do it without any drinks. You know, there was no difference. It was just some effect of what I had drunk, right? But I was capable of that regardless of what I had before. So I began by challenging myself to do something very small, like smiling at a stranger. And it felt really, really awkward. But eventually I moved on from that and I moved on to asking the cashier in a supermarket a question. I would just say something like, hey, how was your day? Have you had a good day? It's been busy today. You know, now it seems quite simple. It doesn't seem like a big deal. But at the time, that was basically an impossibility for me. And then I moved on to saying hi to strangers, just smiling and saying hi at someone. They might say hi back and that was it. Sometimes it was awkward, but especially if you live in a big city, you can just think, yeah, I'm never going to see them again. It doesn't matter, right? So, So that was kind of nice. Another thing I did at some points was wearing items of clothing that made me feel a bit uncomfortable. 
So, you know, when I was younger, I would try to dress very plainly so I wouldn't stand out. But then in this period, I would maybe wear a funny hat or I remember one time I even had a T-shirt that had like LED lights in it that lit up. And it got me used to the feeling of not being at ease. I was used to the feeling of being a bit uncomfortable. So every time I did that, I had like a really good buzz, which is like a positive feeling. And that gave me the motivation to keep taking more and more little steps. And I should actually say the biggest thing that helped me was getting a job in retail. So for probably not so long, probably less than half a year, I worked in like a kind of department store, supermarket type of thing in England. And that really pushed me out of my comfort zone. So it's, you know, when you have to talk to customers as part of your job, it's a lot easier to come out of your shell sooner because you're surrounded by uncomfortable experiences every day. Right? I had angry customers. I had all these things, you know, grumpy people talking to me, sometimes really nice people. But I, I had to kind of be confident in order to do my job. So that actually really helped me as much as I hated it at the time. So yeah, to summarize all of what I just said, take baby steps to improve your confidence, whether that is shyness in general or just shyness in speaking English. I think it's all the same concept. Okay, so now I'm going to take one final big breath and say, as I normally do, I hope it was helpful. I hope that helped Hagar and I hope that helped other people listening who struggle with shyness in speaking and all this other stuff. So let me know if it did or let me know if you still have any other problems that I haven't really responded to and I'd be happy to try my best to respond to them as well. Before we go, I want to thank Let's Do two podcast reviews today, both from Saudi Arabia. One is from someone with an Arabic name, which I cannot read, and they said, you are the best. I am thankful and grateful for you. Please keep going. I'm sorry I can't read your name, but I really appreciate you leaving that review. Another one from Saro Manar, and they said, my homework, this is their homework, my answer for the challenge in episode 14. I don't remember. That was so long ago. I don't remember. That was like two years ago. I can't remember. Let's see what they said. Writing a sentence using two tenses. Ah. I was making dinner when he knocked the door. Hmm. Yeah. I, I would say I was making dinner when he knocked on the door. That's more natural. Knock on the door. But yeah, that's a good one. I, I don't remember saying that homework, but I'm sure I did. Good homework. I'll give you, I'll give you an A for that one because you got making dinner when he knocked that knocking interrupted the dinner right and they continued thanks for the amazing podcasts i like that you don't keep the music on while you're talking for me music talking is music while talking is annoying are there any podcasts who do that cuz i agree i hate music while people are talking it's so distracting um i definitely wouldn't listen to a podcast that did that but thank you for the feedback i'm glad you think so too, and I will remember not to do that in the future. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for listening, everyone today. Really appreciate it. I'm going to end this episode with a quote from my Instagram page, and I forgot to do this last week, so hopefully you weren't too disappointed. 
But yeah, I've got an Instagram page called Level Up English where I post one quote every week, um, hopefully for some inspiration and that kind of stuff. And this one is a very simple one, and it's by Anonymous. I don't know who said it, but this is simply strive for progress, not perfection. Very good quote. I love that one. So thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week. Goodbye for now. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.